Have you ever wondered if it was possible to communicate with the other side of life? Have you ever had an unexplained spiritual experience that changed your perception of reality forever? Have you ever wondered why life is filled with so many trials, tribulations, and contradictions? If so, you're not alone. And in this podcast, we will endeavor to answer some of those questions. Although those answers will come from a very overlooked and misunderstood source. Prepare to expand your mind and think beyond where you have ever thought before. This is the journey into spiritualism. Blessings one and all and welcome to the journey into spiritualism. I'm Paul James Caden, and today we're going to be talking about debunking some of the myths and superstitions about mediumship or communicating with the other side of life. This is perhaps one of the biggest obstacles that people have when it comes to spiritism or spiritualism, because they're mostly taught by the religions that such things are evil or they're being deceived by evil spirits or it's forbidden by God. There really is a plethora of beliefs when it comes to what happens after we die. And there are many Christian sects and denominations that believe in what is called soul sleep. And soul sleep is basically... Uh, they believe when you die, you remain in the grave. There is no afterlife. There is no immortal soul or spirit that leaves the physical body that you just remain in the grave until the time of the resurrection upon the second coming of Christ. And then you will be either awarded eternal life or eternal damnation. Now, there's also the other more prevailing thought that there is an immortal spirit and when we die it goes to heaven it goes to God and it has no interaction with anyone that's left behind on the earth pretty much we go to heaven we're in bliss we do what we're going to do there and earthly life becomes a faded memory those in heaven are unaware and really kind of indifferent to what happens to us on our journey here on the earth for those of us who are still living on this planet. And a lot of folks take biblical passages, particularly out of the Old Testament, about uh, not engaging with a witch or a medium or the whisperers or the chanters. Now, what we have to understand uh, very quickly is that the people of Israel, the ancient Hebrews, were forbidden to engage in these practices with the nations around them because what was called witchcraft or sorcery in many of the mediums back in those days were, were witches and sorcerers and enchanters. It, it was very different to what we might look at today as being modern-day Wicca or many of the nature religions. 
The witches and sorcerers of old were very dark people. I mean, these were uh, the kind of individuals that if you went to them and paid a lot of money or a lot of goods to have your fortune told, uh, they would do horrible things like gut an animal or even a human being and watch the innards spill out on the ground. And they would read their omens from how the intestines or the stomach would spill onto the ground or what contortion uh, the, you know, the body was twisted in when the person finally died from the inflicted wound. So these things were very, very dark and very, very perverse. Their brand of magic back then was uh, incredibly dark. They would call on, you know, ancient spirits or what we would call demons. There was a lot of cursing and hexing with poverty and illness and death. When we think about the dark arts, as we call them, uh, in the modern world today, probably the worst of the worst pales in comparison to what these ancient witches and sorcerers and fortune tellers uh, did back in the times of the ancient Hebrews. So naturally, a god of love, a god of peace, would warn his people, warn his children to stay away from these things because they weren't going to derive any benefit or any help from engaging in such horrendous practices. And we read a lot in the Old Testament about some of these ancient religions that sacrificed uh, their children in a burning fire. And I believe it was uh, Baal worship that they used to take their infants and heat up these iron statues of Baal with his hands out. And once it became red hot, they would actually place the infant in the hands of this red hot iron statue and burn it to death. So these were very, as the, the Old Testament says, these were very detestable practices. And God told the ancient Hebrews, stay away from these things. Don't engage in these practices of the nations around you because they were incredibly dark, very harmful. And no doubt the spiritual energy that they were calling on in their spells and their sorceries uh, were very, very dark and perverse. And so I think a, a lot of times uh, with the literalist society that we have become when it comes to reading the biblical text, we, we look at that text and we look at those words without really understanding the history or the practices behind what is being said. And so many times we start jumping to a lot of conclusions and saying, well, all of it is demonic, all of it is evil. But how can we really say that when we see in the Old Testament there were many of the prophets who communed with angels, saw angels? What are angels? They're high spirits high spirits who serve God in the heavenly realm. There were prophets who said they saw the very throne of God. And then we get into the New Testament where Jesus, who is our example, 
the author and the finisher of our faith. And it is said that he saw angels. He was ministered to by angels. Angels came at various times to minister to him and to strengthen him. And he also spoke at the spirits of Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. And now Moses and Elijah were long dead. They were Old Testament prophets. But yet they were standing with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration during that moment when his clothes turned as white as lightning and his face shone like the sun. And there stood with him Moses and Elijah talking with him. So we have to come to the conclusion when we see things like this to either say, well, the Bible's contradicting itself because in these particular books and passages, it says, don't communicate with spirits or seek out mediums or these experiences where you are going to be speaking with or communicating with spirits of the, the beyond. But then here we have Jesus, we have apostles, we have Old Testament prophets who are seeing angels, seeing spirits of the dead, seeing Jesus himself. So it is either a contradiction or there is a difference between how the sorcerers and mediums and witches of old did these things where God said, do not get involved in those practices and the difference between how the prophets had these very similar experiences and the apostles and Christ himself. And that is a whole study, if you really wanted to dig into it, that you'll see that there is a difference and that actually and literally God forbid those old practices. But later on, the people who followed him opened up to those same practices, but communed with the spirits of the light. And let's remember, folks, that Jesus said, the things that I do, you will do also, and greater works than these. So he was really opening up for us as Jesus the Savior, Jesus the Master, Jesus the Way-Shower, really opened up for us an enormous amount of spiritual gifts and blessings and experiences that most of us don't even partake of a quarter of it, if any at all. We might ask ourselves why it is that the early Christians in the first century, many of them still laid hands on the sick and the sick people recovered. In fact, it was one of the uh, most popular earmarks of the Christian because people that were very sick or dying or infirm they would go to these witch doctors or sorcerers or even physicians of the time who couldn't cure them. And then they would come to the Christians who would lay hands on them in the name of Christ and they would recover. And then they would convert and say, truly you serve the one true and living God because of this power you've demonstrated. But yet here in the modern day, how many healers do we really see? 
And we make excuses for that in our religion and say, well, all of that's passed away. It's not supposed to be something that we demonstrate or participate in now. But that is absolutely untrue. And there's no evidence in the Bible or in Scripture that would support that these things would just fade away and the power of God would become ineffective. In fact, didn't Jesus say that upon his return to the earth, there would, be, there would be people who had a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof? So that's really something to think about. But now when it comes to mediumship, uh, one of the other big obstacles we have to get past are the frauds, and there are many frauds out there. There are people who use an old stage magician trick called mentalism, which can be very convincing. Uh, I don't know how to do mentalism, but I've seen people perform it before and act like they were psychics or speaking to some uh, deceased relative of, of somebody in the audience. And the information they would give was, was just amazing because they didn't know this person in the audience they were talking to, and it seemed so very convincing. But yet this individual was not a medium. This person wasn't communicating with the spirit side of life. They were a fraud or demonstrating how frauds or mediumistic frauds um, operate. And so that becomes a very uh, big obstacle and a very big block to get around as well because there are a lot of frauds who claim to be mediums. I also, and, and this is a personal thing, when you see a lot of people go to these folks who say that they're psychic mediums and they go for a reading or a psychic reading, and the psychic medium says, okay, I have your mother here. And the, the information sometimes can be so incredibly superficial. Where the spirits uh, supposedly just talk, talk about their relationship or their job or all these little, you know, superficial uh, things that are happening in their lives. And I've always found my, my personal experience, and I, and I think this is backed up by the evidences in spiritism, that generally when you have a legitimate connection with spirit, even if it's someone that you know that has passed away, the information they give is pretty heavy stuff sometimes. And when I say heavy, I don't mean sad or burdensome. I mean, they, they open our eyes to how life in the spirit world is, or at least little aspects of it. And they talk to us about what the meaning of life is. Maybe things they didn't understand or mistakes that they've made, and they pass on certain wisdom to help you in your journey. And we see that a lot in spiritism, where when the mediums make contact with the spirit realm, 
the information is usually always elaborating on the teachings of Christ or the meaning of life or how we might grow and evolve our own souls and our own spirits that we might progress in the heavenly realms when we leave the earth. And the interesting thing about spiritism is they generally keep track of whether a spirit communication is correct or not because let's say John Smith in the United States makes contact with a spirit by the name of John Doe. And John Doe gives this very elaborate message about the spirit world and how to progress and grow our souls on earth and, you know, all these different lessons. And then six months later, Jane Smith in Hong Kong or Brazil makes contact with a spirit by the name of John Doe who gives the same message. And then maybe someone in Germany makes contact with a John Doe and gets the same message. Now, these mediums did not know one another. And they didn't uh, work together on, on making these messages. These were random people across the world who connected with the same spirit with the same message. So spiritism will look at that and say, okay, this is a true spirit communication. And so it's a little bit more scientific. It's a little bit more rigorous than spiritualism where mediums just throw out all, all kinds of uh, bizarre messages uh, sometimes and then people start living their life according to those bizarre messages and maybe they didn't come from spirit at all or maybe they came from a, um, a spirit that was not of the light. So spiritism really looks to substantiate the messages that come through uh, the mediums in their sittings. And in spiritism, they're really looking to that higher wisdom of the universe. So if they were to read for somebody, it might touch on some of those superficial aspects. If the person had a question, well, I want to, I'd like to talk to my mother I'd like to talk to my father. I'm having an issue with my job or with my relationship. Could they give me some advice? Uh, so some advice might come on those things. But that advice would come in a greater spiritual context. Because in spiritism, it is always taught and shown that the spirits are most interested, not in how much money we make, not how good of a job we have, not how many material things we have in our life, or if we're meeting Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright. In spiritism, the spirits are always shown to be most concerned with living according to the teachings of Christ and growing our own souls, learning the lessons that we're here to learn that we might progress and we're going to talk in future podcasts, probably the next episode, what that progression of the soul is and what spiritualism and spiritism teaches about life after death and the growth of the soul and 
what life here on earth uh, really is and is all about. So we're going to get into those aspects of all of this, but for right now, uh, we're just debunking some of these myths about spiritism and spiritualism. And again, the, the spirits and spiritism are generally concerned with the progression of the soul, becoming a better person, reaching toward the light, living in love, letting go of the old materialistic ways of this world, forgiveness and compassion. A lot of times, and, and sadly in spiritualism, um, those things don't come through as much and the messages seem to be very superficial many of the times, not all of the time, but many of the times. And to me, I've always looked at that and said, I don't really know if these people are bringing through a spirit message because the spirit isn't saying anything about the progression of that soul that's sitting in front of the medium. And see, it really resonates with me, uh, with spiritism, because that's what I've always found before I even knew what spiritism was, is that anytime I had a spiritual experience or communication, sometimes uh, just very spontaneously, the message was always much deeper, not just where I could get the best job or the best girlfriend or the best car or any of these little materialistic, uh, superficial things of the material plane. So that resonates more with me that the high spirits are looking out for our welfare. They want to teach us. They want to help us. They want to give us information and wisdom that will help us to grow and to progress on our soul's journey. I remember when my mother passed away, I, um, I sat down one day and I wanted to see if I could make contact with her. So I said a prayer. I asked, you know, if I could, um, you know, get a sign from my mother or a communication. Is she Okay. And the strangest experience opened up to me where suddenly I, I saw my mother. I had my eyes closed. I saw her in my mind's eyes, clear as day. And she's telling me all this stuff that she's fine, that when you, when you arrive in the spirit world, you're taken into this place. It's, it's kind of like, a place of rest and you stay in there for three days earth time because time, there is really no time in spirit, but it would be approximately three days of earth time. And there are loving counselors there who brief you on what's happened, where you are, how life, uh, you know, is going to be different you know, in this new world that you're in, the spirit world. And after that three days, approximately three days of earth time, uh, you're allowed to go out and explore with a guide your new surroundings and start learning about the new world. And then as you become more accustomed to it, 
you begin your next journey, the next level of your soul's journey. And I remember in that experience, my, my mother saying to me, it was so spontaneous because I love to read. And she was telling me, she said, you know, you, you love to read and oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe the books they have here. They, you know, they have these libraries that are just filled top to bottom with millions and millions of books. But she said, but they're not books like we had on earth. They're not paper. They're actually, they, they look like sheets of crystal or glass and the information is embedded like a thought in this crystal or this glass and you can place your hand on it or just hold it up in front of you and absorb all the information from that book. And now, you know, there were other things in that uh, particular uh, message, but it was over with. And I said to myself, okay, that, that was really interesting. You know, I told my brother about it. I told my wife about it. I didn't, you know, publish it far and wide. But the interesting thing, much like in spiritism, it was probably three to four years later that I was watching a documentary. It was a newer documentary about life after death. And here were people talking about they had these near-death experiences and they went to the spirit world. And they met loved ones and their loved ones told them that when they got there, they were taken into this beautiful place, a place of rest and regeneration for the newly departed soul where there were helpful, helpful counselors and guides that explained to them what happened and about the new world. And after about that three days time, they were allowed to go out and explore and start getting used to their new surroundings and about these books that look like sheets of crystal or glass with these thought imprints that, that you would absorb the knowledge. And then about a month after that, I was reading a book about life after death and near-death experiences and started reading more accounts of people. And I've never heard about this before. And, and just talking about it, it, it gives me goosebumps to say, wow, you know, this was something I never heard, and I've studied near-death experiences quite extensively at one time, um, but I never read anything like this. And then here I had this, uh, this communication with my mother, and years later it's substantiated. Here's other people around the world having near-death experiences, meeting loved ones and being told the same thing. I mean, so that's really an incredible experience when you hear something like that or experience something like that. And to me, it just really opens up the reality of the spirit world being all around us and they haven't forgotten about us. They're not out there somewhere indifferent to what happens to their loved ones. They're not in soul sleep under the ground waiting for the resurrection. But now before we go today, one of the other things I, I want to say when it comes to debunking a lot of these myths and superstitions about mediumship or communicating with the other side, it's not like a telephone call 
and and any any honest spiritualist and spiritist will always tell you the same thing. Just because you call upon a certain spirit doesn't mean they're going to answer. So these so-called mediums that, okay, you know, pay me X amount of dollars and I'll dial your, you know, your loved one right up. To me, that's very suspect. Because any time that I've ever tried to communicate with a loved one that has moved on, sometimes I would get a very definite experience and messages, and other times I would not. I would just sit there staring at the back of my eyelids waiting for something to happen, and nothing ever happened. Sometimes you come up empty-handed because there are rules. These spirit communications are up to the plan and the will of God. They're not up to us just to say we're going to snap our fingers and, hey, there it is. We're going to have any spirit that we want to talk to at any time. It doesn't happen that way. Sometimes the answer is no. And that answer is no sometimes because the spirit world is there to help us. And again, that's something we're going to talk about in future podcasts how the spirit world helps us, how they support us and interact with us in our daily lives here on earth to help us grow. I mean, there's a a lot of uh, little intricacies when it comes to spiritualism and spiritism. And we're just kind of barely scratching the surface here. But I think before we start really moving forward, we have to know that there are a lot of myths and superstitions around spirit communication. There's a lot of frauds. There's a lot of fakery. It's not a magician's trick. You just can't snap your fingers and, hey, I want to talk to my mother today. Poof. Well, there she is. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. And also, spirits are not there to tell our fortune. They're not someone that we call upon to say, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen here? What's going to happen in five years? What's going to happen there? They will give us advice. They will try to steer us in the right direction. And sometimes, sometimes you will get from a spirit, particularly if it's an angelic spirit that, you, that you're making connection with uh, that will tell you things that will shock you because they will come to pass very accurately. But that is not the main function of the guiding spirits that are around us. They're not there to entertain us and amuse us or tell us when we're going to find the love of our life or get the job that we always wanted or when we're going to move to a new house. And when you do any kind of readings, you see that the questions that a lot of people come in with are so very superficial. And and they've been groomed almost by this fake psychic medium industry that's out there to think, well, hey, this is what 
the spirits are for. They're going to be able to tell me, when am I going to get that new car that I got my eye on? Am I going to be successful in, you know, my new business that I'm opening? The spirits aren't our personal stockbrokers and financial managers or love connection uh, agents. Their primary function is to help and to guide and to help us grow, to help us reach closer and closer to God as the soul progresses on its journey. They're not there to keep us amused or uh, to let us know when we're going to get that big payday or win the lottery. All that is just foolishness and child's game. And any honest, reputable medium or spiritualist isn't going to really want to delve into that sort of thing because their own evolution at this point through prayer and reading the scriptures and seeking the presence of God and the love of Christ and interacting with those guiding spirits. Their, their own growth is beyond all that. They're not seeking that in their own lives. And so they certainly don't want to climb down the rungs of the ladder of enlightenment to engage in, well, yes, now I'm going to, you know, invoke the spirits to tell you when, you know, you're going to meet uh, that tall, dark, and handsome man. Again, sometimes these things come up. But it's not the primary function and concern of the high spirits of the heavenly realms. And the spirits are certainly not going to be our fortune tellers. They're not going to tell us every move we need to make in this earthly life because we have to learn our lessons ourselves. We can't be like little children who are continually prompted and shown and told or scolded, you know, into what, to, you know, what to do or what decision to make. If that were the, if that were the case, we would be like robots. There would be no free will. And the spirits aren't there to usurp our free will and tell us what to do. So again, there's one of the very big myths and superstitions about spirit communication is that we use them for fortune telling or how our life is going to turn out. And that's not their primary function. And really, it's up to you and I how our lives turn out. Not the spirits, not the angels, not even God. They've, they've given us the tools. But the rest is up to us. We have to make the decisions. And yes, again, sometimes words of prophecy will come through and you'll be very shocked, uh, you know, that they come to pass and it's so accurate. And sometimes that timeline is given. But those things are usually given for a reason. And it's not for us to demand from the spirits what's going to happen. Tell me what's going to happen. When am I going to get this? When am I going to have that? Because then we're just trying to use the spirit realm to stay anchored in the realm of materiality to get what we want here. So we're not growing. We're not maturing. We're not letting go of these material things and material wants and material obsessions. 
We're using spirituality as a means to an end to get more of those things or more money. And when we do that, well, then spirituality and enlightenment become a rather moot point. And if you're seeking out those kinds of psychic mediums and fortune tellers, chances are you're either getting very spurious and false information from uh, someone who is not really a medium or making spirit contact, or you're taking the chance that someone is giving you information from the lower spirits. And there are lower spirits out there that will take advantage of those kind of uh, readings or mediums or opportunities. So we have to be careful. We have to be discerning because it's not a game. So I hope this was helpful and I hope it gave you a little information about mediumship and spirit communication. And again, we're going to delve into a lot of those subjects as uh, the, the episodes of this podcast kind of unwind. We're going to talk about life on earth, why we're here, what progression into the spirit realm is like. Do animals have souls? How to apply spiritism and spiritualism to our lives to grow and evolve our souls and grow past all of the chaos that's in the world around us and have peace. Even in times like this where there's pandemics and racial violence everywhere. How to rise above all of that. How to help others. How to treat others. How to be a light in this world, but rise above the stress, the confusion, the pain, the hatred, the chaos. We're going to talk about all of these things, and it's a fascinating journey to go on when you really understand some of the mechanics of spiritism and spiritualism. So again, I thank you for listening. I hope this was educational and helpful for you today. Stay healthy, stay well, stay blessed, and I'll see you next time on The Journey.